Podcasts are cool, like really, really cool. And you know what's even cooler? When a podcaster's podcast interviews another podcaster that happens to have a podcast that is a top 100 business podcast in the whole podcast world. Make sense? Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Trendsetters Podcast, where we dive into the mind of the world's most creative, innovative, and disruptive marketing minds. And on today's show, our founder Jake sits down with Mark Metry. Mark is a Forbes-featured TEDx keynote speaker and is featured on Amazon Prime's docuseries, The Social Movement. Mark is also the host of a global top 100 podcast titled Humans 2.0, where he dives into the minds of billionaires, New York Times bestselling authors, and world-class human beings. If you're a fan of podcasts and how podcasters talk about podcasts on a podcast, this is the podcast for you. We hope you enjoy. to another Trendsetters podcast series. Today, I'm joined by Mark Metry. Mark, your achievements and what you do is kind of a laundry list. So I don't know which to actually define it by. Uh, how yeah, would you describe yourself in like one or two sentences, if that's possible? Yeah, man, I mean, listen, I'm just a dude who has gone through life and I just have gone through certain problems and issues, and I'm, I'm just spending my time trying to help people with those same problems and issues. And so whether that is on like my, my top 100 podcast, Humans 2.0, or um, this Amazon Prime documentary series that I'm a part of, or it's my book that came out, or it's um, a startup that I help advise, or if I'm a board member on a nonprofit, I'm just trying to bring my point of view into all these things, and uh, and yeah, man. I mean, I'm trying to be a trendsetter, bro. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can appreciate that. Uh, now, something that's interesting in your background. Did did you come to America without being able to speak English? Is that correct? Um, no. So I was uh, so I was actually born in America. Got but, it. But my parents came from Egypt. Uh, to the east coast of the United States. And then a year later, I was born, but they didn't know English. Got it. So you kind of grew up in a household where it wasn't spoken that often, so maybe language wasn't, you know, your your forte, per se. Yet now, a lot of what you do, you have a top 100 podcast, you have a book, you're speaking all the time, pre-coronavirus. Is it interesting, do you find like, you know, any any learning lesson from the irony of, you know, maybe not the best speaker in, in your early life, and now that's kind of what you do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, I mean, I don't, so, like, I'm not an immigrant, right? So, I yes fluent, uh, fluent English, and for me, when I was growing up, I had a big problem with social anxiety, which actually doesn't have anything to do with, with like, someone's language. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes, the really interesting part is people who are bilingual, people who can speak two languages, like I can speak English and Arabic, they're actually much more creative 
because essentially like the words that we use that becomes like our operating system in our brain and so if you have grown up with two different languages at the same time you can actually switch your point of view much 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 faster like that's why i'm trying to learn a, a third language because it's really important but but you know for me the, the big thing for me was that uh, i was always kind of like an introvert uh, maybe a little bit shy, but I yeah. never really struggled talking with people. And for me, my real issue was uh, from second to third grade, my family and I, we moved out of kind of like the uh, like the interstate into a super small town in Massachusetts. Yeah. And the really interesting part about this town was there was only 5,000 people there and there was no racial diversity whatsoever. Everybody looked white. There was no black, Mexican, whoever. And so um, the other really interesting part, too, was that this was post 9-11 in America. And so for me, I ended up being in like this really terrible, extremely racist, uh, abusive environment. And that kind of began to set the stage for me to have social anxiety. And so I don't know if I answered your question, but that's kind of how it works. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Now, something that's interesting I, that I find, there's this notion that leadership is a quality that you might be born with. And I know there's been a lot of discussion topics around, you know, anyone can be a leader and all these other things. I don't know if that's always believed by most people. I think, uh, you know, some people are certainly more natural leaders or considered to be natural leaders. Obviously, yourself, you know, you consider yourself more of an introvert. You, uh, you know, mention all the time uh, how you struggle with social anxiety. Um, you know, obviously there was probably tipping points within that, but what's the advice you would give to, you know, those younger individuals now who have been told their whole life and thought inside their head that I'm never going to be a manager, I'm never going to be a leader simply because they're not as outgoing talkative. Is there any insight and advice you might give to yeah. them? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, I would say number one is like uh, the world doesn't really understand what being an introvert means. Yeah. So what being an introvert means is if you look at the psychology definition, it is someone who, like the way that their brain is like naturally formed is that they predominantly have a tendency to focus more on the inside world, to be more introspective, their thoughts, ideas, emotions, and they get energy from that. And so, I mean, there are, like in terms of like being a capital L leader, there are many, many leaders throughout history who have been introverts, who have been, you know, great leaders. Um, but the reality is, is that being an introvert is not the same thing as being shy. And so you could be an introvert, you could be an extremely confident, strong introvert, and you could not give a crap about what other people think about you. You could not care less. And so we have to make that separation. And, you know, number two is, you know, I definitely don't think that everyone can be a capital L leader because the reality is is that most people aren't even like leading their own lives yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to other people it's like what are you even talking about so there's that but I also think that you know I um I had a uh, Patrick Ben David on my podcast and he told me that I love his take on it he basically told me that everyone at all times in every moment of their life they are leading mm -hmm. but the question is is what are they leading people towards and so whether you like explicitly say to somebody, hey, do this, or whether they get that implicitly from the message of you living your own life, you're always leading people to things, whether you're an introvert, extrovert, whatever. But for people who, 
you know, obviously would define themselves as an introvert, um, maybe a little bit shy, maybe even having social anxiety. I mean, the quick answer is I would say go buy a copy of my book because, you know, there's only so much I can say in like this, whatever, 20, 15 minutes that we have left. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, really the, the main thing that I would say is that social anxiety is not a, it's not a confidence problem. It's not a, a social problem. It's a mental health problem. Correct. And so if you are already not taking care of that or not even paying attention to that, that is the number one thing that I would focus on. And if you do, then you'll realize the other sort of more negative aspects about being shy, like being afraid to talk to people, not being able to speak up, those will greatly, greatly be impacted if you just op- approach it from like the holistic umbrella of I need to work out my mental health. Correct, and I think that's that's overall sound advice that you know we as humans don't always follow uh, to the best. It's let's treat the root problem. Let's not try to fix some of the tactics around it and some of the nuances and such. And so I think uh, Mark's book would, would do an incredible job at actually showing and displaying the science behind it, the details of it, the, even the biology, I think. And so rather than looking for the tactic that you might get from your mom or dad, that's like, well, just go talk to people. Well, you know, does that, is it, yeah, maybe, but that, that doesn't really solve the problem. So I'm glad you're approaching it that way. Now, something that I always find interesting um, and it, I am not, uh, you know, a, an expert on the Latin language. I've heard often that the the word motivation, the actual root of that word, is motive to move or motive something of that nature, right? So something I always find interesting is when people ask me, you know, what is my voice? How do you find your own voice? Something I'm curious to hear from you as it relates to that kind of analogy of motivation really might not actually exist it's actually the act of moving that then motivates you further right do you think that all individuals start with a voice they start with a passion or do you think that you just need to get started you just need to start pushing your voice and then ultimately it will find its own way and perhaps the act of starting influences what it becomes yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question. I definitely get what you're trying to say. And I had on on my show, I believe she's the editor-in-chief of Inc. Magazine, yeah. uh, Jeff Hayden. He wrote the book, uh, Motivation is a Myth. And, um, you know, he kind of interviewed a ton of successful people. And he basically says that, you know, at, at no point did one of them just, like, get hit and get struck by lightning and be like, oh, my God, I have to, like, change the world and, like, do this, this, and that they were just taking steps day after day. And so I definitely think that motivation is real though. I definitely think that something on the outside can motivate you. But I also think that motivation is, is very cheap. You know, you could buy motivation, right? Like you could buy a cup of coffee, you know? But the reality is, is that I think what I really pay attention to is inspiration, where I kind of feel like, not necessarily the fact that I'm inspired all the time, but just like, I don't need anything to happen on the outside for me to just be inspired on the, the inside. And eventually that's like a real, uh, that's a real muscle. That's a real skill that someone can build. And when it comes to like each person's journey of how they start, I mean, there were definitely moments in my life and different uh, spots in my journey where I was like, oh shit, I gotta totally change what I was doing, or oh snap, I just got smacked in the face, I gotta totally change this. 
But for sure, like now that I look back at my journey, like years and years later, there was no, you know, there was no like thunderbolt of like motivation. It was just like me day after day after day after day. And then you look up like five years later and then you're like, oh, wow, that's what I did. So it's, yeah. it's an interesting kind of dynamic. And I think that's the best way to describe it. And on that note, that that's often what you hear from individuals who end up finding success or whatever they you know, would say success is. And at the end of the day, what, what even do we find that is? But something that I find interesting, you know, we're both younger individuals. You have done so much in your career that, you know, others would dream of doing just in their entire lifetime, right? And myself, you know, I haven't done a whole lot, but I, I, I got a comment on an Instagram post one time and it asked me, are you even human? You're like, you're like a robot. You just do those things. So a question I had for you is in this era of, of the, of the Ty Lopez, of the fake entrepreneur, of the, you know, um, there's a, yeah, there, there's the, all, all the fake shit out there. I think there's this notion that like, you know, there's a sense of us, not us and, and other individuals that have found some success of not even being real people as if I never have a temptation to eat that, that chocolate bar, as if I never accidentally hit the snooze button, or as if like I'm a robot that's just a mechanic that's like, I don't even sleep, I don't do this, I've never watched a YouTube video in my life. So a question I have for you is what are some real things, some like normal human people things that you still either fall into the temptations of or still do? And I'll let you think on it, and I'll, I'll, I'll mention one while, while you think on yours. Mine, I still fall for clickbait on YouTube every time and then spend 30 minutes on it. I can't help myself every single night when I have uh, my first meal of the day around like 6 or 7 p.m. I pull up YouTube and I'm like, all right, I'm only gonna watch five minutes. And every single time it rolls over into 20, 25, but it's okay, it's not a huge deal, you know, but I still fall into it and I fall into other traps too. What are some real things or real temptations that you would still have that might humanize yourself to those that might think, you know, that all successful people are just cyborgs? Yeah, I mean, you know, the reality is that I think it's two things. So I think one, whether, whether the, the content creator is or is not doing this, if someone is looking at their content and they're getting a sense that, you know, they're perfect and like they're awesome and they have to idolize them, that's a, that's a trick from your brain to get you to disassociate from them so that you can actually see yourself on the same playing field as them to realize that, yeah, this is just a normal person and they were able to do X and Y and Z things. But when we try to idolize people, we separate them. We don't view them as humans anymore. And so I think that's one piece to it. And I think another piece to it is the fact that I think it just goes back to what you said before of like, most people don't even know what they're chasing. And the reality is, is that I'm so glad that when I was 15, 16, I started making like six figures and I started to gain some level of success because honestly, man, there's no way I would be a 22 year old that posts what I post about on Instagram if I didn't actually, you know, sort of experience society's definition of success and then being uh, at the level of success that I'm at now to understanding that that shit doesn't really matter. 
You know, like mm-hmm. I can, yeah, you, know, you can pose in front of any car. You can take a picture with, you know, with you and a model and post it and, you know, look at who looks at your Instagram story to, I mean, I mean, I don't know, there's like a thousand ways this plays out, especially with people our age. Correct. But I'm super glad because like what I've really realized is like a big part of the human story and I'll get back to the, your question, but no, 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 no worries. part of kind of like the human story that I've realized is that we, we all start off on this world. And we're all trying to find success, every single one of us. But that is based on the information that we know or we assume. And the reality is, is oftentimes when someone faces or reaches success, they very quickly realize that that's actually not success. And they have to trace their steps backward. And so I think a lot of this behavior that we see that is very much ego-based, whether it's on Instagram or LinkedIn, I think it really just has to do going back to like people's psychology, people's how they think about themselves. And like when you take a look at that and you begin to look at like, you know, whether it's Instagram models or, or whoever, you really see it in sort of black and white, plain sight. And honestly, it's, uh, it's kind of scary in the sense of like, you know, these are human beings and they think they're not or they're trying to portray to the world that they're not. Um, so I think that's part of it. When it comes to doing something that's like human for me, I mean, dude, I I, I mess up every single day. Like, oh man, um, I definitely I definitely eat. Uh, I mean, I, I eat pretty healthy. That's not a good example. Um, sometimes maybe, I half maybe, my workouts. Maybe Mark is I, a I mean, Mark is a human two point It's it's true. <laughs> We're revealing this side of the show. So many problems, man. I could. I could keep going through all of them. Like I definitely, I definitely internalize my emotions way more uh, in terms of like, you know, it's really easy for me to be like an entrepreneur mode in like a business meeting and like focus on this outcome and that. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, you know, I have to sit down with like my family or like my girl and then I can't open up emotionally. So like there's, there's, there's like 10,000 different things that I experience. And uh, and Yeah. yeah, I mean, I try to talk about them as much as possible because like, the reality is, is like the, the, the side of you that you post on on social media or, or really on any side, even if it's in real life, it's not yeah. just on social media. Uh, it's, I mean, it starts in real life. So like that's where the desire comes from. Um, I think a big part of that is like people might look at you as an expert, like, like maybe because I've written a book or whatever, people might think of me as an expert in that thing. And like, yeah, I may not have problems in the thing that I'm an expert in. Maybe I do. But like there are there are like ninety nine other buckets of life that I probably suck at. Yeah. Where like a lot of a lot of like super successful entrepreneurs or, or whoever like they have a ton of issues underneath the surface. But it's not like they make content. They're like, all right, guys, I'm on my fourth divorce. You know, I learned <laughs> like like, like there, there, there are like ten thousand different things that people just don't talk about. And so yeah. that's like the biggest thing. And that's just like that just has to do with like how our brain has just evolved through the years to just prioritize certain information that we look at. So yeah. everyone's got shit, man. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And I can te- attest to that as well. I mean, um, emotionally, like, you know, connecting with other individuals at a one-to-one level outside of, outside of a business environment is difficult for me. It's also hard for me to turn off that switch. Um, you know, I actually just yeah. got out of a relationship. So, you know, that, that shows it right there. Right. Uh, now, something you mentioned that's interesting, you, you know, regarding uh, what, what I would call kind of this Instagram era that we live in, I do think it is evolving. It's starting to push forward, at least. I'm seeing, 
you know, more positive signs, yeah. right? Uh, and similarly with, with the mental health, we're also seeing a lot of strides. We're nowhere near where we need to yeah. be, um, but I know we will get there in the future. Um, you know, when we look back on history, there's moments that we look back on in human history that we think, how the hell did that ever even exist? How the hell did that happen? Oh my gosh. I mean, you can, you can even go back 70 years right now and you think about, you know, World War II and the happening, you're like, why would any human think that that and why would we let that and, and then you go back further yeah. and it was race and it was even the male female disparity and and patriots or the patriarchy like all these issues that have stemmed from the origins of our humanity yet that was just yesterday right so yeah. what are some things today that you think we'll look back on and wonder why oh. the hell did we ever oh. think that is that a good oh, question <laughs> I've been, I've been, I've been meaning to answer this question. Like this question runs, runs through my head and I'm just waiting for someone to ask me. So I appreciate it. I don't think I've ever been asked this question on a podcast, but, um, I think that when we look back at, um, mental health, I think that we are going to realize that we got it totally wrong in terms of thinking that, you know, we look at someone who has anxiety or who has social anxiety or who's depressed or who has OCD or who has bipolar. And, and this also stands for the overarching how we treat uh, healthcare in general. Mm-hmm. We look at these as um, single problems. When in reality, these are just uh, symptoms that are happening on the surface due to an underlining deeper root cause that isn't really being addressed. And so not just with mental health, I think we're going to see this across every kind of, for the most part, every kind of health condition of the fact that, you know, it's not necessarily this issue that you have to take a medicine for. It is just seven other factors from your lifestyle that have created this disease, whether that's mentally or physically. I think that's going to be one. I think number two is... um, I think companies and people are going to look back specifically... Um, like food companies and realize that they are committing uh, genocides by the tens of millions every year. I couldn't agree more. In the sense of, like, if you just look at things like, for example, like the European Union has banned over 500 uh, chemical additives, preservatives, processed ingredients, but yet if you walk into any grocery store in America that's all there and you know you don't need a license like any kid can buy that stuff yeah and when you just look at it you know it's not it's not as sort of isolating it to black or white as saying like you know all you know all, everything in this macronutrient is bad or this or that but the reality is is that um like our bodies are just not meant to process a lot of this artificial crap but yet nobody really sees these ramifications because billion dollar companies would rather try to figure out how do we, you know, cut our expenses for making this product by just filling it in with a ton of cheap crap that with no regard to human health. And so I think that's something we're going to look back at. We're going to be like, holy crap. Um, another thing I think is that um, I think a lot of us are going to uh, look back at like this, um, like this technology distinction, and, like this illusion in the sense of like, you know, I think that, for example, I think that fire is technology in the sense of like when the first humans, I don't know, when they discovered fire, 
and there's like an evolutionary theory that says when we discovered fire, we were able to like cook meat and cook food. That is what gave us the ability to increase the bioavailability of calories, of fats and proteins that made our brains bigger. I think a book is technology. But yet if you walk up to like the average person in the street, they're gonna say like, yeah, my phone is technology, my iPad is technology, my computer is technology. And I think there just needs to be a much broader definition of technology as, as man-made evolution. That's really what I think technology is. Because the thing is, is like, I think a lot of people today, you know, are, are, are quick to bash technology, whether it's Instagram or this social media platform or, or this or TV. And the reality is like, yeah, I mean, a lot of those pieces of technology have problems, but that's because they were made by humans and humans have problems and they're not perfect either. But I think as time progresses, technology is definitely gonna get much better and better at better at just helping us in our lives. And so I think that a lot of people try to demonize technology when in reality, um, it is it is you. Yeah. Like in the fact of like, you know, you have responsibility of your life. And like, again, there's definitely a lot of shady stuff that goes on, but you know, if you sit there on your phone and you're just on Instagram all day looking at OnlyFans models or whoever you're looking at, like that's like that's why. Like if you're on social media all day and you're and you're hearing about you know 4.5 billion people's complaints and and stresses and worries because of this crisis that were happening, there's no way you're not going to be stressed. Correct. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And so if you look at it that way, it's just it's like a third arm that we all have. But I think mm. a lot of us just sort of label it and we think about it so insular so that the fact that we detach ourselves from it when in reality I think there needs to be an equal amount of responsibility for that tool the same way that like you know one of the reasons why World War II was so bad was because we were just beginning to invent a lot of this crazy technology for for weaponry um but um but yeah I mean all in all it's um you know, I think a lot of these things happen to, to show us like the reality, like for example, like people, you know, people talk about like mental health today and it's like, yeah, there's no way our society could have talked about mental health before this because like, like you said, 70 years ago in World War II, there were governments dropping bombs on civilian cities. Nobody cared what was going on in your brain. And yeah. so there's obviously like a, a, a thing of relatively, of just human value that we haven't had before in human yeah. history and so I'm really grateful that I'm alive today in a time of uh, a lot of transparency and uh, I, I, more increasingly accountability although we don't necessarily see that and I think these are these are forms of technology that will help make our society better yeah that's awesome man and I would echo all of those messages particularly the food I always talk about how sugar can oh be God. more addictive to your body than most of the harmful drugs that are completely illegal and so why is it okay for that to happen and there's a lot of lines to cross there uh, particularly with the internet I think the problem is we see the internet as technology and not technology as just any sort of innovation and that's something I see with young people in particular where we might only look at you know innovation and tech in this internet infrastructure when in reality all of those problems you just mentioned none of those are tech dependent. None of those happen necessarily on the internet, you know. Can the internet be enablers for those? But the food problem, the mental health problem, those are all problems that exist outside of it. And so I think it's 
I think it's vital that yeah. the entrepreneurs of the next generation are not the ones that are looking to create the next big social media app or the next Uber for fucking cats or some shit. Like, I think it needs to be or ones that yeah, or it needs to be ones that are thinking outside of the box uh, and seeing you know us as humans and creating innovations in that way. Now, something within that that I always find interesting, um, and you mentioned something on this specifically, but I I think I missed it now. So when we're looking at you know an internet, and we're going to run a software on our computer. We we probably learn how the system operates first. You know, we, we need to know the OS. We need to know all the functions of it first before we can then use it, right? Before the, before we dive into, you know, the, the sales and the CRM and the project management, like all those details, right? Yet in our childhood, in our education, we jump straight to English and math and science and, and this before we actually learn ourselves, right? What, you know, what's your take on that? And, and why, don't, why don't you think we as humans put enough effort towards our own operating system and instead just look at learning things that certainly could matter, but before we even know how to operate, you know, the vehicle we're in. Yeah, man, I think a big part of that has to do with, with a lot of, a lot of different reasons, but I think the big thing is that most people themselves don't even know. And so like, you know, the education system fucking sucks. Like we all know that, but you know, when you get in the conversation of like, you know, we should have teachers teach this stuff. I mean, the reality is, is that teachers don't even know this stuff themselves. Correct. Yeah. Let, let alone, unfortunately, a lot of doctors and scientists too, that haven't really been staying up to date on a lot of innovative things. And like, that's, that's the whole premise of like my podcast, you know, like humans 2.0. It's like, you can, upgrade that version in your software um and so yeah i mean at the end of the day i don't really know but um yeah i'm super grateful to be on a uh, an amazon prime documentary series where our main goal is to reinvent the education system yeah and so for me i'm really trying to focus all in on like that human building part like i don't why are kids learning how to calculate numbers that they can just ask Siri to do when they should be trying to figure out like how do I calculate you know the best you know decisions of my life how do I get clear on my emotions how do I talk to other people how do I you know make sure that I'm being healthy and I'm calm and my body's not out of stressed out state I mean yeah there are so many things that we could be teaching but the reality is is that um, our education system was created in the 1850s to teach people how to work in factories. Correct. And the only progress that we have basically seen at a general, generally speaking, from the education system is literally by like people like you and I who became teachers who are like, wow, this system is nasty. <laughs> this yeah. doesn't do anything. And they try their best to make changes. But of course they're dealt with the 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 systematic administration of no, you can't teach that in your curriculum. And I remember for me, when I was growing up in school, I feel like the like the, the most important things that I learned were things that teachers just kind of like said, yeah. <laughs> like from their own life. Like they didn't read it off a book, they just kind of said it, they taught us a lesson, they were great people. Um, and so yeah, I mean the education system is whack. I don't really think there's anything we can do about it except for an event like this. So like, I think Corona is going to completely change the education system yeah. and uh, especially college. 
for sure college. Yeah. Uh, I think college I'm, is totally going to be disrupted after I'm, this. I'm literally hopping on a Zoom call with a college class tomorrow, and I, I'm nice. really tempted to drop the fact that, hey, guys, you, you could have just hopped on my Instagram live and seen this for free, by the way, but uh, glad this is part of your university tuition. <laughs> Yeah, imagine paying fifteen thousand dollars to see a ton of shitty Zoom meetings yeah. and a teacher that doesn't even know how to use Blackboard or some kind of uh, website. Exactly. Yeah. So it's yeah. all going down, man. Yeah, and, and the problem is, you know, content becomes commoditized, and and, and with that, it, there's an incredible opportunity to learn, to dive into your passion, and is someone who just now listened to maybe this entire podcast. Uh, going to now be able to transform their lives immediately? You know, probably not. But I think it's vital that we pair them with some takeaways. Um, so, you know, something that that I'm curious to ask you. I, I don't think I've ever asked asked this particular question before. But what is maybe one question or statement or phrase that you might repeat to yourself consistently that might act as a reminder? Uh, to, to lock in, to, to get back in the zone, to remember your North Star. Because I think we live in an era where your ability to learn is, is better than ever before. And uh, you can go find it and you can go do all those things. And, and anyone that's still listening now should know that by now. Uh, are they gonna be able to translate everything we just said into action? Probably not. It's gonna take some time, time, energy, and efforts, I, I would think. Um, but what is like that one reminder or question that you might ask yourself that someone listening right now might, might be able to use or lean into um, just as a daily, hourly, weekly, monthly, whatever it is, reminder uh, of why they're doing what they're doing? Yeah, I think the best, I mean, there's a lot of different ways I could go with that, but just in terms of uh, like time and stuff, I think the number one thing that I'd say is uh, I go back to just like why I even started doing this journey. I was yeah. like, I remember the fact when I was obese, I was suicidal, I didn't have any friends, and I started this journey because um, I was not only just you know sick and tired of being tired, but I also knew that um, if I didn't become the person that I needed to be, that there are potentially, depending on how many people I'm gonna end up impacting, hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people that would still be in their same position. And and the reality is, is like, I'm so grateful that every day I wake up and I get emails and, and, and Instagram DMs and LinkedIn messages from people who, you know, read something in my book or heard something on a podcast and they just got up and just did it. And now they're on like their own trajectory. Like, it's like the best thing ever. Like, I, I still get emails from people who, found out about me like two years ago and they like I was the start of their journey I was that trigger point um and so for me that's what I always go back to I always think back to just why did I even start doing this in the first place yeah and it is to impact others and I think it's so valuable that lesson and something I always remind myself similarly is kind of a stoic notion of memento mori like you're gonna die um, and so I think understanding that fact is so vital. We despise talking Dude, about the third chapter of my book. Yeah, we, that's incredible, man. It's li I mean, we, we don't want to talk about the only constant in all of humanity, right? You know, we would, we want to talk about everything else, but the only thing that has always existed and always been guaranteed, which is death. And so I think it's just, uh, you know, important to note that. And so knowing that you're going to die or knowing why you've started an impact, I think 
you can t- lean into that in those times and, and be able to inspire yourself a little bit to then go back and, and learn some of these lessons and, and hopefully attack some of these problems that we mentioned because, Mark, the reality is the only solution to these problems that we just listed, that's on us. That's on our generation to solve those. Um, you know, us as Gen Z individuals, call it whatever generation you want, it's going to be on us to, to take these, spearhead these, and find solutions to it. And so I think it's so vital that we, we remember the, the impact that we're creating, and it's our job to, to push the ball forward. Of course, dude. It's, yeah. uh, I'm super excited when I see everything that my generation and the generations before and after us are, uh, are doing to, uh, to re-correct these wrongs, so to speak. And, dude, I'm so excited, man. Like, yeah, yeah. Like the, amount of, the amount of 12-year-olds that are growing up right now and are going like, to change the world, like, dude, I'm so excited, man. Yeah. I'm just trying to help them out, you know? Yeah. Because I'm yeah. not smart enough. <laughs> I'm not either. They're going to kick our ass soon. So until then, Mark, where can people find you on social media before the 12-year-old comes and takes takes that role? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, a good central spot is if people just go to my website, markmetry.com. They can check out everything I've got going on from the book to the podcast. And got thanks it. for having me on, Jake. This is cool. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for coming on. I highly recommend checking out the book. Uh, even if you're not an introvert, as an extrovert, um, you know, learning how introverts operate and especially if you're in a leadership role is going to be valuable. So, Mark, can't thank you enough for your time, man, and we'll talk soon. See ya. Okay. You're the best. Cool. Cut. Awesome. I know you're probably pressed for time, um, but yeah. w- was that all right? It's hard interviewing a podcast host because your podcast is going to kick the shit That's out great. of mine every time. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, no, you, no, you did a good, you did a great job, man. It's very uh, organic and nuanced, and, awesome. uh, and yeah, and I think the best part about it is like sometimes you didn't ask me specific questions, yeah. which means which is a good sign. It means you're, that you're thinking, and so that's a good thing too. But yeah, um, yeah. But yeah man, you did a great job. Yeah, sorry about the bad intel on the English language thing. <laughs> my, my, oh, no I had the team. I had the team. I was like, hey, we got Mark on. Research them if you want me to ask any specific questions. That was the only one I put on here, and, I mean, it was, and I was like, "Fuck." Yeah, <laughs> I, was like, no, I listened to. Uh, I was like, "What the fuck is this guy talking <laughs> about English and language?" Like, what the fuck? I literally have the note right okay, here. As soon as I said it, I was like, "Shit!" But you spun it awesome, man. I appreciate that. I'll send you uh, this before it gets released, just so you can confirm. I, I know you're probably cool awesome. with it, but uh, I appreciate your time, man, and uh, we'll have to stay in touch. Yeah, of course, man. Awesome. Let me know how I can help you, and definitely let me know when the podcast is up. And uh, yeah, man, it's cool seeing someone uh, our age do similar stuff. Yeah, so good yeah. For you. Keep going, bro. I appreciate it. We'll talk I'll soon. Man. Get to you. Oh yeah, <laughs> never. See ya. You camera. Everyone else has left.